Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Episode 605. How do I get my child off their device and avoid the fight? Welcome to my podcast book club series on the book The Tech Diet for Your Child and Teen by Brad Marshall. I will be going through each chapter of this book highlighting all you need to know to come up with a media plan that is actually implementable, practical and works. And in today's episode, part four, I will be covering chapter six, The Tech Diet and the seven steps you need to take to unplug your child and control their media diet. The links to buy the book can be found in the show notes and please note that I do not receive any money for any purchases made. All the information read and discussed in these episodes are of course copyright to the author Brad Marshall. I hope that over the course of these episodes you will be able to put into place a system to help you manage your kids' screen diets and in so doing, better prepare you for the new school year starting in September. And for some of you, the new school year has already started. So whatever time of the year you are listening to this show, you can put into place a system that will help you get your kids off their devices and hopefully avoid the fighting that can occur as a result of us trying to take the phones and various things away from them. I have three kids, age 21, 19 and 17, and certainly for my youngest now, it is very hard, very, very hard to watch them spend as much time on their phones as they do. And I've seen the increase in time that my youngest spends on his phone versus my 21 year old four years ago when he was 17. He was not on his phone as much and it drives me up the wall and I'm no different to you, but I do have strategies And I do know how I can show up and how I can better show up to hopefully try and influence the situation in a positive way. It is hard. Now, there are many things you can do to control your child's media diet. And in these three, the next three episodes, I'm going to give you the seven steps. Balance is key. And please listen to all three of these episodes, the ones where I go through the seven steps before putting into place or coming up with any hard plan. The author advises that you have to really listen to them all and then put together a plan that works for you, making sure you address all seven steps. So we have over the last, the previous four episodes on the, in this series, we've looked at the psych science of gaming, the psych science of social media, is your child gambling online and when should parents panic? So if you haven't listened to those four episodes, I strongly recommend that you do prior to just jumping into seemingly the solution. The more you will be more successful implementing a plan if you can understand why it's important to implement a plan. 
And, you know, the first half of all these tech books is always the one that tends to get skimmed over because parents want to go straight to the solution and find the steps. What do I need to do and how quickly can I do it? And also don't forget that every child is different. Every parent is different. Every household's different. So we have to be cognizant of that and cognizant of our kids' temperaments, our own temperaments, how we're feeling on the day and how we show up when we are trying to put into place any boundary limit or hold a, hold a limit or have a conversation with our kids about tech. The more wound up and fearful we are, the more likely we're going to head straight into the battle zone. And as Brad uh, refers in step two, how do we avoid guerrilla warfare when we even open our mouths to broach the subject of technology and how they need to get off their phones? So I want to let you know what the, the seven unplugged steps are, albeit we're just going to cover the two in this episode. So step number one is control the Wi-Fi. Step two, avoid guerrilla warfare. Step three, negotiate a schedule. Step four, always read the fine print. Step five, name your price. Step six, minimize mobile data. And step seven, lock in. So let's go to step one. And just before that, in the first couple of pages on page 134 and 135, actually, and 36 and 37, 38, he does go through some sort of hands-on nitty-gritty stuff that he gets asked all, the, all every day. And he does reiterate that any tech diet and this tech diet is actually simple. Balance is key. This sounds obvious that balance is key, but it's something that is often overlooked by many parents. And the author and myself, I agree with him 100% here, doesn't agree with the cold turkey plan parents often threat to, threaten to do, as in just taking away all devices. The reality is it rarely works and causes a lot of conflict. And, you know, when we go away on these on holidays and they're tech free holidays and Wi-Fi free, we're in, you know, what's the word? Temporary bliss because no one's on their phones. And we hope that that's going to continue when we get home. But as soon as we enter the driveway, the kids pull out the phones, they're back onto Wi-Fi and it's exactly where you left off prior to the holiday. I would say just enjoy any tech free time that you can get and look at how you can manage it more effectively in in a in a bigger kind of picture and make sure you've got all the plans put into place and his unstepped unplugged steps are based on a list of core strategies and methods and he it's based on thousands of teenagers and families that he has seen in his clinic over a decade he says he doesn't have stats and research he wishes he has but he said, honestly, if you follow these seven steps, you have a very high chance of improving your child's tech diet. He, re he reiterates that for those of you with younger and primary school age children, you do have the luxury of time. You're, yet the younger the child, the less enmeshed in, in they are with technology, the less they actually have to use it, especially for school and homework. So... The more of the tech diet you follow when your kids are younger, if your kids are young, 
the easier it's going to get when your kids go into high school. It is definitely harder to implement if you've not been as uh, prudent with your boundaries and limits while your child has had a phone in their earlier years and when they get into their teen years then it's very hard to to put into place some of the strategies that experts recommend because you're 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 having to go backwards type of thing he does recommend that you try and put into place as many of the steps as possible when they're young to avoid the the overuse that can happen and how the overuse snowballs as soon as your kids get older. For those of you listening with teenagers at home, he hates to break it to you, but most of you have little room for error when picking and choosing what parts of the tech diet you want to apply. He recommends you should follow all seven steps, whereas with younger kids, as I said, you might be able to omit some of the steps. It is. He reiterates again that it is really tough to put into place boundaries and limits and have a plan. I know it's tough, but there's certain things I stick to. They're not negotiable. Other things I'm a bit not so good at. But generally speaking, I've had a plan from the day my kids had phones and I've been pretty strict about certain parts of it. Um, the more parents water down these steps and the fewer of the steps you follow, the likelihood of dramatic change will definitely reduce. And he makes an important note on page 138 before we dive into the concrete stuff with reference to chapter 5, which was in episode 604. He doesn't gauge any concern for a teenager's tech diet based on the physical number of hours spent on a screen, but the impact it's having on their development And if you remember from chapter five, the developmental areas, the key developmental areas that all kids have to have, be exposed to, are social development, educational development, emotional development, behavioral development, and health development. So they have to make sure, you have to make sure that your child is developing in ways that your child needs to, so that their brain can actually grow and develop and mature in the way they need it to. If they are exposed to too much tech, they are not then exposed to enough of the real world stuff, enough of the real world nitty gritty that will help them develop all the various life skills and core competencies that they need in order to thrive and, and do well. So the first step, Unplug step number one is control the Wi-Fi. And he says, repeat after me, without the internet, my child's games are useless. And many of you might be listening to this saying, yeah, well, it's fine. I'll switch the Wi-Fi off, but they download what they need. Well, they might download what they need, but it is going to restrict them substantially. They would much rather have unlimited access to the Wi-Fi. So he says you have to control it. And it's not hypothetical. He has seen in his clinic that he spends a significant amount of time just with the parents of every family he sees. And it's not because he needs a break from the teenager grunting at him. It's by design. 
The parents who understand the psych science are far more likely to understand why he asks them to implement this and control the Wi-Fi at home. Gaming without the internet provides less social interaction and less dopamine. Dopamine is key. It's like crack. This is the hormone that is secreted by the brain in reaction or response to pleasure. So when your kids are gaming or on social media, they get pleasure from it. They get a dopamine hit, which makes them feel good. So they go back for more. And the dopamine reset balance becomes so high that they need so much more just to feel good, just to get out of bed, just to feel like it's worth their time to wake up. So there's a professor, Anne Lemke, who does a lot of work on dopamine. And she says, we have to make sure that kids spend enough time off games, off Wi-Fi, to make sure that they're not getting dopamine from it so that they experience the, the withdrawal to reset the dopamine balance point to healthy levels. If they're on it daily, all the time, their balance, dopamine balance level is too high. And therefore, when we try and take it away or control the Wi-Fi, they have with, they go into withdrawal and they react like a crack addict when you take away the drugs. No different. So he does recommend that the internet be seen more of as a reward and not a right. I, I'm not, if you listen to me uh, and you, you know my work, I'm not a fan of reward per se. However... I do think the time has come and the, the gaming and social media crisis, I'm going to say crisis, has got to a point where kids are not thriving. Anxiety and depression are on the rise. The stats are through the roof. And we know that it is in relation to increased time spent on social media and gaming. So I think we have to see the internet as being a reward for when the essential things have been done for when there has been social interaction, they've done their homework, they're behaving in socially acceptable ways, they are maintaining their health, they're getting their sleep, then no problem. Balance is key. So we he recommends that you can use the, the internet as a powerful a bargaining chip. So kids will, would, far rather do chores for increased internet time than for more cash. He's seen it in his clinic. He sees it with parents who offer their, their kids maybe you know, a few dollars to wash the car. They're not interested. But if you offer them a few hours more internet time, they will be very interested. It piques their interest because they want to be online. And he gives an example on page 143 where if you use the internet as a reward with regard to teenagers completing activities and with regard to teenagers who might be avoiding exercise and sport so that they can spend more time online, he recommends something like this. And he's got a block on this page that's a conversation between a teen and the parent. So the teenager says, if you love footy footy so much, why don't you put the jersey on? In that situation, he suggests that you reply with something like, look, I can't make you go, but you have two choices. 
If you go to footy, you'll get your X hours of internet tonight. If you don't go to footy, you'll have no internet. You pick and then walk away. You've heard me say this so many times. Walk away calmly. Don't say it with any attitude or any aggression. Don't get drawn in, but just say it and walk away so you're not there to witness the reaction. He says the first times you do it, they'll call your bluff, but you have to hold that limit. If you've said if you don't go to your sport, you don't get the internet, then they cannot get the internet. They have to understand that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. So he goes back on page 144 to the when should I panic checklist on page 130 and 131 in chapter five, the five developmental areas that they need that all kids need to satisfy. And he reminds you to to recall where is it that your child is is struggling and where do you need to help them to reestablish the balance? Because that's what needs to be replaced in for, for internet time. So in other words, if your kid is doing many things right, but they are not sleeping well because the phone's in their room, you need to address that so that they can check the developmental box, the health box, that they're getting enough sleep. There are ways in which to control the Wi-Fi. And most of you are aware of these, I'm sure. If you're new to the show, new to all of this, and you have young kids and you're you're getting ahead of the game, there are um, apps and techn- technology that will help you control the Wi-Fi. Many of these are, there's a few I've heard of, and these are on, on the page on 100, page 145. Koala Safe, Family Zone, Parent Power, Circle with Disney, Norton Core, and there's going to be many others as well. These device, these apps basically allow you to access and turn on and off the internet remotely. You can do it through your cell phone. So you can turn it on and off for, for you know, if you have three kids, you can have three phones set, three devices set, so you can control three independent phones for different times of the day. You can even control the amount of time they spend on specific apps. So if your kid is on Snapchat too much, you could limit it to 45 minutes or an hour a day if you have an older teenager. I'm not saying that is the golden number. I'm just using it for an example. So that once they've had an hour on Snapchat, it simply shuts down and they can't get to it anymore. They also allow you to set up timers and schedules, which are really useful, and parental control filters. Now, many, many parents have filters on their phones. We have to realize that our kids are incredible hackers and coders, and they can get around an awful lot of these parental control systems where we try and control the Wi-Fi or we try and control filters. His point is don't try to out-hack them because you never will. And therefore, the most important thing you can do is turn the internet on and turn the internet off and you having control of it. So moving on to unplug step number two, avoid guerrilla warfare. And I know that this is probably one of the most contentious issues in parenting today when we have to actually speak to our kids about their media diet or how we are possibly going to get them off their phones. 
They don't react well to it. They don't respond well to it. They don't want to know. They don't want to know the research and the, st the stats and the data. They don't believe it because if they, hear me out on this, if they were to listen to you present some research showing the detrimental effects of too much screen time on the developing brain and they take it all in and see the statistics, they would have to agree with it. And if they have to, if they agree with it, then they were, they're going to have to say, yes, okay, I, I see that it, it's going to impact my brain negatives, so I will come off, I will not use my phone or I'll restrict my phone use. They don't want to admit to it because they know in admitting to it, they're going to have to kind of get on your page and do what you're asking them to do. Brad, the author, does not recommend physically taking a device away from a child. I don't either. I think it can cause a lot more damage than it is worth. I think there are far better things to do. And a lot of the conflict comes about as a result of parents attempting to actually take a device away. And if you're listening and you're thinking, well, that's the only bargaining point I have is to take it away. I do believe there are different ways to do it. And controlling the, the internet is is one of those ways. These kids today, they some of them just can't survive without a phone in their hands. And if when you take them away, it can cause them an uh, extreme stress and anxiety. It can lead to even more serious things. So be really careful about taking it away and threatening to take it away and then not taking it away. We have to say what we mean and mean what we say. And he says, put your energy into controlling the internet and trust that devices are boring without it. It's not simple and avoiding conflict is really difficult. So he does recommend that you turn the Wi-Fi off remotely so you're not in the same room. You might not even be in the house when you do it because then you're, you, there, there'll be less room for confrontation because you're not actually there to enter the drama or enter the argument. So you don't go into a tug of war over the device. So he says a halfway measure. You could try not physically taking the devices, but establishing rules early on that they're not to be used in the bedroom. Again, no teenager will welcome this change, but if you establish it early during the primary school years, you'll have a more solid base to work from. On the bottom of page 150, he says the bottom line is this. If you control the Wi-Fi instead of taking away their device, you might still get the yelling or swearing, but you're less likely to have an explosive or violent situation that leads to the neighbours calling the police. He also talks about why we can't just take away the keyboard or the controller. He believes that's just tit-for-tat, guerrilla warfare conflict in your home and that it rarely works. It's it's You're taking away a piece of it, but... What you'll find is if you take away the keyboard, your son's going to go or your daughter's going to go and get your their best friend's old keyboard. They can they even go and get phones. I've had a client who's who's taken eight smartphones from her son's room at various stages over the course of the last few years, because when they take one away, he gets one on the quote unquote black market. So the internet off takes away the gorilla takes the gorilla warfare out of play. And so he does recommend that you control it remotely so that you're not actually present with your child when you do it. Because then they're 
in your face, shouting at you, maybe swearing at you. They can sometimes get aggressive. It can really turn nasty. So if you do this and you're consistent with it and you do what you say you're going to do and you mean what you say, but you're doing it with compassion, with grace and with ease, then your kids will come round to understanding that this is just the way it is. So next week on the show, I am going to be talking about how we negotiate a schedule, which is unplug step number three and unplug step number four, which is always read the fine print. So hopefully you will join me for those that you're enjoying this show. And as always, if you are a fan of the show and you enjoy it, then please would you consider hopping over onto iTunes or Spotify or the podcast platform you tune in on and rate and reviewing the show. It really helps me and it really helps other parents who are struggling get the information and support they need. So if you've gained a lot from this podcast, why not help someone else by rating and reviewing it? Or better still, share an episode of the show from my Instagram page, which is louiseclark.ypp. Share one of the episodes on your social media platforms and share it with your friends, share it with your family and help spread the word. It would really, really help me. And as I say, help other parents who need the support as well. I am always grateful to you for tuning in. And I enjoy chatting to you and knowing that I am helping you through this show. So thank you for listening today. Until next time, bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.